You're listening to the Wes and Walker Show. It's the Charlotte game. Tonight, they take on FAU. And Fiddy asked me where my cutoff was. I told him I left it at home. It's Wes. But what if I tell you I didn't? Oh. No, no, you're not that smooth. What if I tell you that I'm wearing it right now? Get ready to tailgate at 4.30. Let's go. Let's go 49ers. And Walker. Yeah, baby. Ow! Get off the Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. I don't know. Thursday. This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We are almost there, folks. It's almost Friday, but we're here to entertain you today. Keep the text coming on the FanDuel text line 704-570-9610. We are loving the responses and the engagement. We try to reward you guys either by answering it in the text or reading them online. Follow us online as well hit that follow button on the wfnc twitter and instagram at west brian underscore 72 at walker mail at htb underscore josh and most importantly at wesson walker on twitter or x whatever is your preference walker you got something over well there. the theme of the show has been comparing all of us to basketball players but now we have shifted into making fun of me and what i would look like as a basketball player my plan it backfired after asking what fitty would be as a ball player and now everybody's focusing on me i like brian writing in on the FanDuel text line though walker is cody zeller not the most athletic person but when it's time to punch in he does the damn thing and he shows his toughness i have a better hairline than cody Cody Zeller, but mostly I agree with that and I appreciate it. Last thing too, <laughs> Colin liked that one. So last thing I'll say, I'm working on a player hater comp for me where I will be comparing myself to some of the players that have been listed here today. And just a little teaser, instead of Keith Van Horn, I'll uh, compare myself to Keith Blandhorn. And so I've got more of those lists coming up a little bit later on in the show. You're not going to want to miss me making fun of myself at, uh, with your help involved so all right there you go so with that said now it is time to go to the campus kona hang out with me won't you get some chips something to drink and we can hang out on the corner you know campus corner hit the little sundries and all that we can hang out on the corner that's okay. right at college at college <laughs> yeah, now we're you. not hanging out on the real corner we're sure. at the college corner okay all right hitting the sundry watching the students go by you know it's almost sundress season you know if we were in college mm-hmm. all right so talking about the Don't south carolina gamecocks and uh, the season that they've been having, and they were off to a roaring start, reached as high as number 15, but have lost their last two basketball games. In South Carolina, when you look at their March Madness resume to this point, they are number 58 in the net rankings. They dropped eight spots. Uh, then their net evaluation tool, we just talked about that one as well, so my bad, got a little confused there. But despite going undefeated, undefeated in quad four games this season, the victories over Vanderbilt and George Washington pulled South Carolina down in the latest net rankings. The previous quad one wins over Tennessee, Kentucky, and Grand Canyon still boost their resume despite dropping to 3-3 three and three in that quadrant after the loss to Auburn. And then South Carolina remains undefeated against quad two and quad four teams and had its second loss to a quad three opponent, LSU, where they are now 
four and two. So do we think that South Carolina can keep this thing in the road? Are the wheels starting to come off? Are the talons starting to come off of the game? I, I was looking at Ken Palm, too, with South Carolina and where some of these teams ranked when we were going with net rankings and all of that. And you can subscribe whatever you want to here with some of these rankings and the advanced metrics. But if you look at the luck rating for South Carolina, according to Ken Palm, they're right there at sixth in the most lucky teams in all of college basketball. And they're by far, I, I won't say by far, but they're the luckiest team, according to Ken Palm, when it comes to power five schools. The only teams that are beating them are Tarleton State, Central Michigan, UAB, and Quinnipiac. San Diego is the only other one ahead of them, and then it's South Carolina. And so now I think it felt like people were a little hesitant to jump on the bandwagon with the Gamecocks. Like it felt like there was always pushback, even despite destroying Kentucky, the game that they played that got floundered to skate around in a chicken suit. After that, mm. like, all right, still no love here. And yet here South Carolina is starting to wheels are getting a little rattly. They're still, to me, a team that could make some noise in the NCAA tournament, but yeah, man, I guess South Carolina's proven that luck uh, ranking to be a little true here with the way they've been looking. Liddy, what are your thoughts on the Gamecocks? Can they keep this thing straight and finish strong? I, I mean, I, I think it's, it's possible. They're old. They've got a really good head coach in Lamont Paris. I think the thing is, is they're the byproduct of a team that played nobody in November and December and had a really good week, week and a half in the SEC where you beat Kentucky at home. You go to Tennessee and win. That's no fluke, but you went to Alabama and got beat by 27. You went to Auburn and you got beat by 40. Like, that should be the telltale sign that this is kind of fool's gold. It's a good story. It's fun seeing that fan base energized in the men's basketball team with all the success that the women's team has had over the last decade. But I never bought in that South Carolina was a legit contender to win the SEC regular season or be a, a team that's going to be playing deep in the, the NCAA tournament. All right. Well, their remaining schedule, they are at Ole Miss, at Texas A&M. Then they got a couple of big opportunities to get a rematch with Tennessee at home on March 6th. Before that, they will take on the University of Florida before finishing at Mississippi State. Last night in ACC action, the Duke Blue Devils took down the Miami Hurricanes 84-55. to Boy, it is bad in Miami right now. They are getting rocked week in and week out. But they come out and get the job done, and the Blue Devils are on a roll now. Let's hear from John Shire about what he disagrees with as far as the perception of his team goes. I think some of that talk is kind of it's kind of funny to me because you know how many teams that in the country right now have 20 wins and people are talking about how tough are they or are they do they have dogs? How do you get 20 wins without having that? And you know our guys, you know, are they perfect? Have they had moments where they've? Uh, when I say our guys, that's our team. That's that's us as a staff. That's that's Duke. That's like are there moments where we could have played better or we didn't play as we didn't play through the contact like we needed to, of course. But that's part of, you could show that for any team in the country. That's why there's no team that's undefeated. And so I think some of the narrative, I don't, uh, I just flat out don't agree with, with our guys. So since they beat the Charlotte 49ers, they've only lost two games since then to Pittsburgh and to North Carolina. This team right now is currently on a five-game winning streak. You look at that game last night, Jeremy Roach led the way with 16 points. Mark Mitchell and Kyle Filipowski each have 15 points. And then Jared McCain, he only had seven points after his big 35-point outburst 
But, man, did he have a dunk heard round the ACC last night, dunking on two or three Hurricanes defenders in a fast-break scenario. Walker, what are your thoughts on the Duke Blue Devils at this point? Are they turning into the team that we thought that they could be preseason? Yes, they are. I think that Duke is finally starting to put it together on a consistent basis. And you go back to that Charlotte game where they only lost two. Um, since then, Pittsburgh, they actually won a ton in a row before they got to Pittsburgh, lose 80 to 76. And then you only lose North Carolina, which is the one team, I guess you're tied record wise in conference. But then you start to look at the standings and that's the only team that you have to try to catch up with. And that's it. Both at 12 and three in conference, losing the tiebreaker because you lost. This is a squad right now that is getting hot at the right time. As long as they continue it, that North Carolina Duke game at the end of the season, not only is it going to be big because it's just a good old fashioned best rivalry in sports type of game, but also it's going to matter to how you're seated going into the ACC conference and it'll matter towards winning the regular season title. It's going to be monstrous for both of those squads in North Carolina Wes, They're not necessarily playing as good of a brand of basketball as they were at the beginning. So it's not like this dramatic passing with one team going the opposite direction compared to the other, but they're kind of in the middle right now with North Carolina coming back to the pack, to the pack Duke starting to get up there with UNC and maybe the blue devils even pass them if they win. Once they get to Cameron indoor monster matchup versus Wake Forest in Winston Salem on Saturday, then they've got Louisville, Virginia at NC state and then North Carolina, JD. Are you starting to get a little nervous about the game come March 9th and your chances of sweeping the Blue Devils? I mean, look, I'll say this as a guy that has said repeatedly during January and February, this team has the highest ceiling of any team in the league. I think Carolina, for the majority of the season, has been the better team, and that was evident in in the first matchup. But I was never a non-believer in Duke's potential in the regular season, of course, in the postseason. I guess the question, Wes, to, to answer you is, is this becoming the team that we thought they were going to be? Does that answer change if they go on the road and lose on Saturday to a very good Wake Forest team at home? Yes, no, yeah. maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you hear the question? Yeah, I did. I hear. I heard it. What he was asking you, yes or no? Anyway, I said just, yeah. I said okay. yeah. No, okay. I know what. Yeah, I said okay. yeah. No, it's all right. I just <laughs> wanted to see what you were thinking of. No, because so. I was thinking too. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to hear Tyler Hansborough's comments because of what he said, and that's what John Shire was responding to people like him and people that think alike. Let's hear what Tyler Hansborough had to say about the Duke Blue Devils. Yeah, it, you know, it kind of reminds me of last year, uh, late in the year, uh, they were kind of peaking in the same Is way. That Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but, uh, when I look at Duke, um, I still said early on in the year, I don't think that they were playing to the potential uh, that this roster provides them. And I think uh, Jared McCain is a guy who, to me, has taken a real big step. And I know he didn't have a huge game against Miami tonight, but the games previous, he's kind of broken out and, and kind of played uh, unbelievable. I saw him late in the Smith Center when my Tar Heels smacked him in the, in the Dean Dome. Oh. Uh, he kind of gave them a boost and a little lift. Uh, but also, you know, Jeremy Roach doesn't get a lot of credit, but he's a guy who's constantly playing well for them. Been a little consistent all year. He's a veteran player. I like him. Uh, you know, my question with the Duke is can they handle physicality? Man, so that's exactly what John Shire was talking about. But they've been 16-2 and two since that Charlotte game on December 9th. I think that they can, and I do, uh, in fact, believe in this Duke team. Walker Mail, before we get out of here on the campus corner, 
Memphis and Charlotte. Tough one last night for the 49ers. They shoot 43.5% from the field, but they go down and they go down hard to Memphis. What were your thoughts on the game last night? Well, the second half got away from them, and they, they played well enough in the first half to give themselves a chance, but at the end, they just couldn't get any rebounds, and that was a big issue for the Charlotte team rolling in. I think that was the thing people pointed to right at the beginning, saying, hey, this is something you're going to have to worry about. I mean, Wes, it's terrible. 20, 20 total rebounds. Total. Yeah. For the Charlotte 49ers last night, Memphis had 38. The Tigers almost doubled their total on the boards. And you look at Lukai Patterson, 0 of 5 from him in 15 minutes of play, getting in foul trouble. Terrible. Just a a terrible performance from Lukai, who matters a ton to this team's success and would not be in this situation without him. But it was a terrible game for him last night. Really liked Deshaun Jackson, but nine rebounds for him, just not a lot of uh, production elsewhere. And then you see Memphis just have a couple of guys get into double-digit production, you know, even off of the bench. You saw Walton come in and give you nine points. Look, it was tough. Five-point game going into halftime, only scored 17 in the second half because of that foul trouble and the inability to get a rebound. And so it got away from him. Second half got away from him. Memphis, desperate need of a win here because of Fitty's guy, Penny, might being ousted if they aren't able Mm. to get to the NCAA tournament. That's that's a good win for them, and it will go a long way. Also, did you think there was some home cooking going on? Memphis attempted 14 more free throws than Charlotte. It was a 25-11 to 11 discrepancy. It was the largest minus margin for Charlotte this season, and the 11 free throws, the lowest mark since December 5th of 2023. The problem is, if we want to continue to talk about physicality, like Memphis was just getting all of these rebounds. Maybe there was a little home cooking, but not enough to matter. I mean, they got beat by almost 30. And the second half is when they separated themselves, too. And so, yes, maybe we can criticize the officials a little bit, but not enough for it to matter. Not enough for it to be a storyline coming into this game, in my opinion. There were plenty of other reasons as to why Charlotte lost this one. All right. And then also you had App State. They were a winner. They beat down Georgia State 93-67. to And then also tonight, App State will play Old Dominion. So they are going to be back in action Yet again, that was the campus corner. And when we come back, are we buying the Justin Fields rumors to the Atlanta Falcons? That and more on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The text line is pretty famous at this point. You guys have delivered a lot of the FanDuel text line. Not only today, coming up with basketball players that you could compare me, Fiddy, or Wes to, but also yesterday it was lighting up because we had a food utensil debate. Are spoons overrated? Are they underrated? That was a thing we argued. And then Willie P came in and then threw gasoline on the fire. And we talked about it a little bit more so. Fiddy apparently flounders dad. Shout out, by the way. Thank you for listening to Wes and Walker in the middays. Even if your son isn't on this show, we appreciate it. But you said Flounder's dad was questioning why we were having that debate yesterday. Yeah, no, I saw Flounder when he got off the air this morning. And he just, like, gave me one of those, like, quiz looks. And he was like, so y'all were arguing uh, spoon rankings on the show yesterday? And I was like, yeah, why? He goes, <laughs> and he was, you're talking, you, know, you know, Mr. Flounder was uh, very enthralled by the conversation. Was he being sarcastic? Or did he like it? Well, I mean, you know, look, I'm not going to lie. Like, Flounder's dad and my dad, they're not the biggest, like, sports radio listening type of people. Like, it's not kind of their thing. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, they'll, they'll do it to support, 
you know, their sons or whatever. So I guess he was a little just confused as to why we were arguing spoons. But he was here for it. But was understanding that there was a legitimate debate because then he started thinking himself, I don't really use the spoon that much. <laughs> we we enlighten all. Come join us on Weston Walker. Oh, and guess what? With my lunch today. I was going to ask if you used a spoon last night. No, but with my lunch today. Got a spork? I brought a spoon. I thought spork. I yeah. thought I thought no. spoon's spork okay, too. though. No, I bought a spoon. What are you eating today? shovel it. What you bring us for I had lunch? yesterday. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What's that? With a fajita bowl on the brown rice. Okay. Know? Steak and uh, peppers on the on the brown rice, and I'm gonna shovel it like a heathen. Okay. And not worry about who is judging me, or how it looks. Damn it! All you gotta worry about is Fiddy. I'm not judging you. <laughs> no judgment here. You use yeah. that spoon That's all right. you want to, and then Fiddy is gonna ask for a plastic spork so he can take a bite of that food. Before we move on, I did. W I've got a lot of basketball players' names, player hater comps that I'm going to hate on myself with. Helped by the text line, so you can feel free to help a little bit more so on the FanDuel text line. So here's a few names, and then we can move on. I'll save some more for later. Um, instead of Kelly Trapuca, I have Smelly Trapuca. Fiddy, if you want to get some of the sound here to make sure that you either approve or disapprove. Uh, is Smelly Trapuca a good one? <laughs> I had a feeling. I'll I don't bring, want you to stink, man. I'll bring back Keith Blandhorn. <laughs> Bob Snoozy. <laughs> Poor Gasol. Oh, I like that. Stale Goodrich. I thought that was a good one. <laughs> Boren Dragic. Oh, I like that. Brick Smith. Brick. Paul Airball instead of Paul Westfall. That's a deep cut. And then last one, Rudy Tom Janovich. Those are all good ones, man. Thank You're you. from the Skip Bayless school of insults. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. More like, yeah, instead of Bosch Spice. That's what he called Chris Bosh yeah. all the time. Rudy, more like Rudy Tom Yanovich. Yeah, man. I like Ski that. Ski him. I like the Rick Smiths uh, for you the most because you're an Indiana guy. So That was Brick like Smith. Yeah, Colin didn't realize that we were just really going with white basketball players at that point, but yeah. he said uh, Brick Fox is what he wrote in. Oh. So Brick Fox, Brick Smiths. Yeah. You can make either one there. Feel Kurt free to Rambuts. write in. <laughs> that's, that's Bennett, good. Bennett wrote that one in. Uh, that is a very good one. Yes, I like that one. Uh, Bebop from Rock Thrill says, Baked Z deck is what we call George. Right, <laughs> well, okay. well, Fiddy had yesterday in the rundown. I guess we didn't get to run the sound, but he said, La Liar. He did. We'll get to that a little bit later. It's on the live It's on the live wire. At least it used to be. So, La Liar, it's a. Uh, it doesn't rhyme or anything like that, but, you know, basically we've gotten lazy with LeBron insults where we just put la in front of anything. Yeah. And that's what Fiddy decided to Le roll cheap. with. Yeah. La travel, la loser, la All liar. Of All of it. Just put la in front of it and it's a fire insult. Let's move on. Let's go back to the NFL. Let's focus on the NFC South. Just do a little check-in because we've talked a lot about the Carolina Panthers. A lot going on. Head coaching change again, coaching staff hires. What are they going to do at 33? It expands the pool of players that we choose from. When it used to be number one, we basically had a two-man, three-man choice with Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and then maybe Anthony Richardson. We had Tony Pauline on this show, by the way. Actually got aggregated a little bit. Say Frank Reich liked Anthony Richardson, but ultimately Bryce Young is the pick. We got a lot to choose from at 33. Atlanta's got a decent amount to choose from as well, but they could pick their quarterback in free agency or on the trade market. It feels like Atlanta is a quarterback away from really competing. And they were poorly coached last year, 
But even still, you know the kind of talent they have on offense. The offensive line is good. The defense is much improved. But they got Desmond Ritter throwing the football. And if it's not Ritter, then it's Taylor Heineke. Heineke might not be all that bad. But even still, you're not winning anything in the postseason with Taylor Heineke. So they're a quarterback away from being scary. Justin Fields to Atlanta. That's been the hottest topic surrounding their signal caller position. And Jordan Schultz was on the Zach Gelb show that you can listen to here. And here's what Jordan Schultz had to say about the buzz surrounding Justin Fields to Atlanta. But I, <laughs> the, the Falcons, there is absolutely a building buzz uh, among the NFL that the Falcons would be in play for Justin Fields. Obviously he's from Gainesville, Georgia and, and grew up there and the Falcons, another team I, like, when I think about Atlanta with Justin Fields, I just there's something about a backfield shared by him and Bajon Robinson that really gets me fired up. You know, I just I see it. You know, you can really see how that can materialize and be something super special. Um, you know, I think Chicago's in a position where it's probably more than likely they're gonna reset the clock, get Caleb Williams number one, maybe get another wide receiver to compliment DJ Moore and then build their roster out from there. But they have so many needs. And it's my understanding that Fields at this point probably commands a late first-round pick. So you can get real value for him and ideally allow him to restart his career somewhere else. I still believe that Justin Fields' talent is so robust that in the right system with the right coordinator, he could be a super special quarterback. He just hasn't really had it in Chicago. So the Falcons, to me, are going to be in play for a lot of these guys, including Cousins and Fields. If you're Atlanta, how aggressive are you going after Justin Fields on the trade market? Yeah, I'm going to go after him because uh, this is a young man that I think is on the rise. And I think that this is a guy, yeah, the numbers haven't looked spectacular in Chicago, but also too, man, I think he's suffered from what Bryce has suffered from a lot here. And he's made the most of the situation with his legs and trying to make plays for this Bears offense. He gets DJ Moore. We see they have some nice chemistry there, but still not not nearly enough uh, in Chicago for what this young man would need. And I've, I've talked about it all the time. A lot of people get mixed up because of the athleticism, the way he can run with the football. But I followed this young man from uh, his junior year of high school, and I know the type of passer that he's capable of being, and we saw it at Ohio State as well. Uh, but this is a guy that hasn't had a chance to have a complement of weapons that is enough to win uh, in this league. And so when you talk about championships and getting to the playoffs, I mean, what quarterback back that's played on great teams didn't have great players around him and if you put him in Atlanta that's what he has now so it's either going to be no more excuses and he's going to get the job done or we we find out that he's totally a bust but I'm going to bet more on the fact that he's going to turn into the player that a lot of people think that he could be this offense would be so dynamic indoors on that turf with those weapons that speed his running ability mixed with the passing ability that he's going to show you uh with this offense. So I think it would be tremendous. And yeah, I think it would do Atlanta a premier, a tremendous service to go out and get this young man. If you said the ninth pick, I'm not sure you're going to get a quarterback that's going to be comparable to Justin Fields and what I think he's capable of with the full assortment of weapons. Yeah, it feels like if Atlanta wants to go after Justin Fields, it's going to take a first round at least a second round, but probably a first to go get it. Jordan Schultz was talking about a late first round going after Justin Fields. I saw a a proposed trade, whether it be on NFL Live or just ESPN yesterday. Pittsburgh also could be interested in Justin Fields. Like one of these teams that could make the postseason with competent quarterback play. Pittsburgh is in that mix. 
We'll see what happens with Minnesota and Kirk Cousins. They could be looking for a different quarterback, too, if they decide to let Kirk go. But we see somebody on the text line saying, nah, not Justin Fields. Atlanta should be going after Kirk. And it's going to cost a lot of money. It's going to cost a lot. Because apparently, Kirk is looking for guaranteed money like he's been getting with the Vikings. And the Vikings are, I don't know about learning from their mistakes, because Kirk Cousins has played good enough football up there. They haven't had a lot of postseason success. But Kirk Cousins, well, how many postseason wins do they have? That's <laughs> I'm what I'm saying. To stir it up. Uh, you did. You did. <laughs> but Minnesota hasn't gotten to a deep spot in the postseason. Kirk Cousins has the one win against the Saints, and he made the throws to do it. Like that's he's got that game to keep a lot of the postseason criticism at bay, or at least some. But that's it. He's just got the one win. If you're Atlanta, do you want the sure thing? of Kirk being dropped into that system and being the best quarterback they've had pretty clearly since Matt Ryan? Or do you want to go after the guy in Justin Fields that could be there longer because he's just so much younger and you could have a pretty high ceiling, especially with just athletes all over the place? Which one would you rather do? Give up the first to go get Justin or give up a ton of money to go after Kirk Cousins? What say you on Atlanta? Ooh, that's a good one because you know how I feel about Kirk Cousins. I By like the way, Kirk if you Cousins say Justin Fields, I'm going to say you're disrespectful to Kirk Cousins. No, 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 not at all. So, because this is the, the the way of thinking. It's like you are going to have to pay Justin Fields. And so that's going to be true, in too. play here, too. But you're not going to have to pay him as much as you probably would have just because uh, the numbers and the production haven't been there. So I think you do yourself a service because you're going to get a guy that I think is going to come there immediately and I'll play that deal. Now, if he comes back to the table two years from now and says, hey, you know, I want more. I've outplayed this thing. Okay, so be it. But I think as far as the price that you could get him for right now that you could sign him for, uh, I think you go ahead and do that. Now, I don't know if he signs a deal if he goes to Atlanta right now. He's three years in. He could still play on his rookie deal. He could come in this year, play, and then say, okay, let me get my numbers up, and then I can get my dollars up. And then you got to pay him some real Skrilla. So that's how I think Fields would probably pay it, play it. I don't think he comes to Atlanta automatically winning a new deal. I think he's going to go there, show out, and then get his contract. So I would go with Fields just because – uh, I think, for one, he fits uh, Atlanta. We know black quarterback Atlanta. We know that aesthetic always fits. But also, what oh, you're thinking of butts in the seats here, too. That, too, yeah. But not only that, what he's going to bring to this team. He brings another weapon in the offense. Yeah, Kirk Cousins is a hell of a passer, dynamic passer. Love what he brings to the passing attack. But I'm getting dual threat mm. with Justin Fields. Disrespect. I'm man. being able to – I'm going to get a guy that when things break down, he's going to get that crowd on their feet because he's going to take that thing 40, 50, 60 yards. We know he's a 4-3 guy on that fast turf. He's going to have it electric down there. So that's why I would go with him because of the youth. I can get him at a better price right now if he wants to come in and do a deal right now. Uh, but I'm going to go with the youth and the dynamic ability that he brings. But, I mean, I think you're in a win-win situation no matter which guy you sign. Kirk Cousins has a traitor, man. I just so it's so disrespectful going <laughs> against Kirk. Kirk. Cousins. No, you're going. But I'm gonna Justin go with Fields. the younger guy, and he's gonna bring me those legs over there too to go with with the passing ability, man. I just hate it, man, for Kirk. Let's move on. <laughs> Justin Fields unfollowed the Chicago Bears yes, on Instagram. Spooky. And anytime this happens, people like to make fun of it. Oh, we're so social media conscious. Oh, Justin Fields unfollowed. No, Justin Fields unfollowed them for a reason. We can at least understand this is a little weird. But also understand it's not the greatest of relationship between these two sides because they have the number one overall pick. And everything he's saying, he wants to stay. Thanks to our Carolina Panthers, he is saying he wants to stay. 
But he said that, well, I'll let Justin Fields say it. Here he is on the St. Brown Bros podcast yesterday telling you why he unfollowed his own football team. All right, come on. What's with the unfollow with the Bears? What's, what's up with that? Man, bro, I'm glad we're talking about it because people, why do people take social media so serious? Like, <laughs> but like, why are, you, why are you unfollowing the Bears? Like, I still mess with the Bears. It's not, I'm just trying to take a little break. I, I'm mess with the them. Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Mm. I know y'all mess with a girl, EQ, especially you. Just because you don't follow the girl on IG don't mean you're not messing with her. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's facts. That's facts. Oh, so you're saying you mess with the Bears much more now that you don't follow them. Man, it's not even like that. Ah, okay, it's, okay. It's something that I don't want to see in my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no mm. football. And guess just, what? Just get away. Get a little away for a little bit. It's either Keith Fields. We want Fields. to the draft Caleb. So it's like, bro, man, I'm tired of hearing the talk. I just wanted to be over. The closest we got to the truth was at the very end. That's the closest. When he said, I don't want to hear keep fields or draft Caleb. I believe that. What I don't believe is, man, we still mess with him. Even if look, right. if you're messing with a girl, it doesn't mean you have to follow her on Instagram. Justin Fields. Yeah, he thought we were born yesterday. Are you kidding me? Go ahead and unfollow your significant other and see how that goes in your household. Right. Now, it doesn't have to be your significant other. That's fine. But that's also telling in your explanation because you don't view Chicago as your partner in this marriage. Go ahead and unfollow your significant other on social media and see, why did you unfollow me? I say, I still mess with you, though. Yeah, no, nah, yeah. yeah. I, girl, I still mess with you, baby. I still mess with you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I just played that out of my head. No, what? what? Are we not friends on Facebook? Babe, I still mess with you. I got I still you. mess with you. I got you. It's okay. Come on now. That lingo alone, you're going to be in for a serious? long night. Are you serious? Let's talk about why do people take social media so seriously. Come on, dog. You know the world we live you in. You took it seriously when you unfollowed. Yeah. It takes effort. Mm-hmm. It takes effort. You could have just let it roll on. If you want to say, look, I need a break. I understand how the discourse is going to be leading up to the draft. This affects my future. I don't know where I'm going to end up. My agent is going to be informed. I hope Chicago keeps me informed. I don't know where I'm going to end up, and so I do need to take a break from this. I unfollowed Chicago because there's going to be a lot of their own uh, marketing telling you get excited for the number one overall pick, and then maybe some things that affect me because of it. So I just need a break, but I do not expect that to be the reason as to why he unfollowed the Bears. And the other thing, he said, you know, I'm just going on vacation. I don't want to see anything about football. Okay. When you get back, you're going to say you're going to follow him again? Right. Okay. Who else did you unfollow? Did you unfollow other football accounts so you could be away from it? Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. And then EQ, Equinemius St. Brown, to mm-hmm. be exact. That's the man's real name on St. Brown Podcast. He said, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, they know they just sitting there just tapping what? like hell. Come on, man. Talking about. The, my main thing was just I mess with you. You know, you hanging out with a girl <laughs> yeah. and she's like, or, or a guy. And they say, I mess with you. Nah, dog, that, that ain't good enough. What? Exactly. That right there. <laughs> what? You mess with me. I mean, I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna unfollow my girl, and I'm gonna see her and say, I, "I mess with you, baby." Don't do that. Please don't do that. She's a nice woman. I'll prepare my couch for you, Wes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're gonna be sleeping over there in Fiddy's room, and then Fiddy just just as long so as Ramsey's is on the couch. Yeah, Ramsey's needs to be a little bit further you'd away. You'd be mistreating Ramsey. Yeah, he's you, on the Carolina shelf, man. He looks down and descends upon the room. <laughs> <laughs> Lord knows what those eyes have seen. Uh, Lord knows. So Lord Ramsey's. Know. He's probably. He probably. Do you ever see a little tear just yeah. drip from his face every once in a while when you look over there? 
Yeah, because he probably gets sad when he sees Sir Minty get thrown across the room during a bad call during and the I Carolina like Sir, game. I like Sir Minty, too. It, man. He is, man, but he's just a small little stuffed animal creature, and he's the easiest thing to throw. Jack says on the text line, he said he friend zoned the Bears. That's exactly what that sounds like, friend zone. I mess with you. But, but. It feels like Chicago might friend zone Justin, and he's trying to beat no, them to no, the punch. They're going to the they make him an X. Yeah, that's true. You're about right. to do. They're about right. to dump him. Zone. Yeah. I yep. mean, it It could be amicable on their part. They could say, look, we wish you the best, but we're going to go ahead and get this value and trade you. I and think it's stupid. Move on. to some, me. You don't like going after Caleb Williams and getting rid of Justin Fields? I think they should keep him, and I think they should put weapons around him. I think if he goes to Atlanta, they're going to see what they've been missing. I, I don't think it's stupid. I think it's a really hard decision. But I could see the argument for Justin because yeah. I, I like Fields. The thing is, he wasn't good at the beginning of the season, and then he started to figure it out a little bit mm-hmm. once he was coming back. But there are still legit questions about him. There are some real bad games, but he's young. Yeah, He's young. We'll see what happens. I'm not going to ask why Fiddy is laughing. Oh, y'all know. S- it's it's good. It's it's shareable. No, it's not. Yeah, no, it is. We were talking about Sir Minty. I know what you're going to. You're going to read Jack's text message. No. Yes, Disrespecting Sir Minty, huh? Willie P. Mm, okay. All Willie right. P. chiming in, or he just texted me individually, but uh, you're right. And then I was going to ask you guys, have y'all ever been friend zoned? But we're up against it, so we got to. Oh share. yeah, we all have. I don't know about you, you big time Bryant. Oh no, man, I've been through it all, dog. I ain't gonna act like I'm, you know. No, Don Juan, no. The Don Juan up in here. Don Juan have been dumped, and Don Juan have been friend zoned too now. <laughs> Uh, and, and speaking of friend zone, last one, like American flag emoji writes in, you stupid, bro. I unfollowed my wife all the time. All right. You still married? More power to you, man. That's not anything that I'm going to be. That's some pretty behavior. I'm not right going to be about. I'm not going to be about it. It's fire or fizzle. We've been talking about reality TV shows all week. Love is Blind just dropped last night. It was a doozy. Wes, I can't wait to talk about mm. it with you. We're going to talk about whether the reality TV shows are fire or fizzle coming up next sports radio 927 wfnz Time. It's Thursday on Weston Walker Sports Radio. I was wondering, I was like, is the mic on? 92.7 WFNZ. No, the mic was off, and so this is take two on the hype. But I haven't lost it. I've been looking forward to this one since we decided the category yesterday. Reality TV shows. Love is Blind is based in Charlotte. They dropped a new series of episodes just yesterday. I watched them all. I can't wait to hear what Love is Blind is when we get to it on Fire or Fizzle. But we're not leading off with it. We're leading off with another favorite of mine. Big Brother, Wes. I haven't heard you talk much about it, so I don't know where this is going. (laughs) I would call it Fire, but it's not my game. This is not my segment. It's Wes's Big Brother. Wes, is it Fire or Fizzle? Well, Big Brother is an American television reality competition show, obviously, based on the original Dutch reality show of the same name. Created by producer John DeMaul Jr. in 1997, it broadly follows the same premise of other versions of the format in which a group of contestants known as house guests live together in a specially constructed house that is isolated from the outside world for a cash prize of $500,000 or $750,000 in the 23rd season onwards. 
The house guests are continually monitored during their stay in the house by live television cameras as well as personal audio microphones throughout the course of the competition. House guests are evicted from the house by being voted out of the competition. Big Brother. We're talking about an OG reality series. We're talking about one of the most popular reality series shows of all time. So Big Brother, in honor of my dog, my co-host, Walker Mail, yep. Big Brother, it's straight fire word to my dog. I'd love to see Walker on there. How would you do? Oh, I actually think I would do pretty well. Let's go get that I 750K think... then. What you waiting on? I actually think I would do well. I've thought about this a couple times. <laughs> How well, well, we need to get this application be, going, man. We can hold it down for a couple is, weeks. The, the only thing is, that's a long time shut off from the outside world. Big Brother is. So maybe I wouldn't do as well as I think. I think I'd do well the game. Big Brother always watching, baby. He is. He is always mm. watching. All right. I don't think Fiddy would do well in Big Brother. Yeah, they vote, they vote him out like first week. If they're always watching, I was like, Fiddy, no, no, stop it. No. The camera, the producer, no, Fiddy, stop. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Let's move on. And very quickly, might I add, American Idol perhaps lost a little bit in the last 10 years or so, but man, it was hot when it started. It was nothing but flames when it started. Mm-hmm. Fire Fizzle West, American It started Idol. as an addition to the Idol's format that was based on Pop Idol from British television and later became one of the most successful shows in the history of American television. It employs a select panel of judges who critique, critique the contestants' performances. The original judges for seasons one through eight were Randy Jackson, Paula Abdul, back in the day, uh, that was a 90s crush for your boy, and Simon Cowell. Since then, they've had Jennifer Lopez, Harry Connick Jr., and now they had Lionel Richie, Katy Perry just recently quit, Luke Bryan, you name it. They've had some big names on there. According to Billboard magazine, in its first 10 years, Idol has spawned 345 Billboard chart toppers and a platoon of pop idols, including Kelly Clarkson, Harry Underwood, Chris Daughtry, Fan. Fantasia, uh, North Carolina represent. You get it. Lots of stars have come from American Idol. So when you're talking about this show, the American Idol, it is straight fire. All of the hits that have come from there and the artists, not to mention the bloopers, are some of the best. It, it, they were. Is it still fire if we just go last 10? Or is it just such a strong start? You got to say it's fire. Yeah, it's such a strong start. I mean, is. it's, it's it a is. safe. I mean, and then once you got into it, you got sucked in. Fantasia was singing at the That's Grammys. Right. Fantasia. Fantasia, Clay, uh, both North Carolina, Daughtry, North Carolina. North Carolina's had some uh, hit makers on Kelly Pickler, North Carolina. Yeah, zone. yeah. Taylor Hicks? Is he North Carolina? Yeah, North Carolina's represented on there very well. I don't have to look it up. All right. Vanderpump Rules. Oh, man. This is me and Walker's uh, deal right it's, here. It's, man. it's very good. It's very messy and therefore very good. <laughs> Tell the people. What. Vanderpump Rules follows Lisa Vanderpump. You know her from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And her bar, Sir Restaurant and Lounge, Pump Restaurant, and Tom Tom Restaurant and Bar in West Hollywood, California, as they work on building their futures in show business and become entangled in interpersonal drama. And I say that uh, very lightly because that is an understatement, Mm -hmm. the interpersonal drama. The show initially centered on the new server, Sheena, and her relationships with established employees, Kristen Doty, Katie Maloney, Tom Sandoval, Sassy Stroder, and Jax Taylor. So when we talk about what this show has been involved in, I first got caught up in the Jax and Stassi saga. 
Jack's made a lot of mistakes. I've made a lot of mistakes. And when he was trying <laughs> to hope get you don't Stassi, compare yourself to Jack. When he, man. hey, listen, we weren't okay. that far apart. All okay. Right. Ooh, and no, so West, when West. I looked at my man trying to get his woman back, I connected with Jack's, and that's what got me in initially. And then from since then, it's been utter chaos, train wrecks. Who doesn't love a train wreck? I love a train wreck. Walker loves a train wreck. And so therefore, Vanderpump rules is straight. Fire! Unbelievable. And Scandaval has brought me back in. When my girlfriend showed me what Vanderpump Rules was all about, I was right on that couch next to her, binging every single seat. <laughs> Vanderpump Rules was crazy. Beat. I've never seen this other one. This next one that we have on the list. Little bit before my time. Mm. Real World. Up next. Oh, yeah. This is for my OGs out there. T- okay. T- tell the youngins, Wes. The Fire show fizzle. first broadcast in 1992. It was inspired by the PBS documentary series in 1973, An American Family. It's the largest, the longest running show in MTV history. One of the longest running reality series in history. And it's credited with launching the modern reality TV genre. I mean, what more could you say after that? Seven to eight young adults are picked to temporarily live in a new city together in one residence while being filmed nonstop. The series was held in its early years for depicting issues of contemporary young adulthood relevant to its core audience. But later, listen, we know the nonsense is coming. It garnered a reputation as a showcase for immaturity and irresponsible behavior. It spawned multiple series since then. So when you're talking about the real world, I mean, what moment could you forget? We remember that. If you're an OG real world watcher out there, that was one of the characters, David, and that was the scat singing before he sang some of his songs, including Come and Be My Baby Tonight. But the real world is straight fire. OG, set the table for everybody else. Last one. Perhaps the one everybody's been waiting for since it's in Charlotte and the season is actually pretty crazy. It's one of the better ones that we've seen to this point. Love is Blind. Yes. Fire Fizzle West. It is a Netflix reality series created by Chris Colin. The show follows a social experiment where single men and women look for love and get engaged all before meeting in person. The show has aired for six seasons, adapted to three international versions. It follows 15 men and 15 women. It starts to speed dating. It goes to one-on-one dates. Then it goes to a resort of sorts once they decide that they want to get married. The engagement comes. Then they go to a resort, meet the other couples. They get to hang out, be intimate for the first time. Then they introduce them to the real world, take them to the cities in which they live, and they got to live together, and they got to figure it all out from there. And then the big part, planning the wedding, and then the wedding has to happen, to which somebody could say, oh, no, 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 no. You are not enough for me. You're not what I'm looking for. You're not what I thought you would be. And then, folks, that's when the real drama begins. And now we have 15 Queen City women and 15 Queen City men out there just trying to find love, everybody. We all need it. We all want it. And so, therefore, love is blind. It's straight fire. Queen City represent Fitty Cut the music off. We did not have a single fizzle on that list of reality TV shows, not a single one. That's how you know what Wesson Walker is about. And I talked to Kyle about Love is Blind earlier today. Yep, you know he's already watched every single one of them, too. It has caught the station by storm. Yes.
I love the list. Wes, that's an excellent job by you, my friend. We appreciate that. We turn the page. Let's move on to the last hour of Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.